0: Good morning. It's September 29th. Happy Moon Festival to everyone. The rain is pounding down on New York City, wreaking havoc on the subway. And this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. California Senator Dianne Feinstein has died at the age of 90. Feinstein came into politics as a representative of women gaining access to political power they had long been denied. She went out as the most literal possible embodiment of a gerontocracy that thoughtlessly refuses to cede power to anyone else. Various forms of havoc will probably now ensue in California as Governor Gavin Newsom picks a new senator from among all the people who'd been planning to run for Feinstein's seat. The Baltimore Orioles won their 100th game yesterday, clinching a title in the American League East, and de facto team owner John Angelos signed a much-delayed lease to keep the team playing in Oriole Park at Camden Yards for another 30 years. It's all a vindication of the Orioles' newly embraced strategy of letting good young players play baseball to win baseball games, instead of keeping good young players from playing baseball to save money. Best of luck to the O's on their return to their proper place of chasing a pennant. In today's newspaper, the lead story in the New York Times is an inquiry into whether the alleged possession of gold bars allegedly received in exchange for favors allegedly done for foreign nationals, would be enough to convict New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez of corruption in light of the Supreme Court's long-running effort to define corruption out of existence. Under American law, as the court currently defines it, it was not illegal for former Virginia Governor Bob McDonnell to collect a Rolex, payment for his daughter's wedding expenses, and a host of other benefits in exchange for setting up meetings where the person who gave him all those things could lobby the state to promote his nutritional supplements. As the Times puts it, the court said a quid pro quo scheme had to encompass more than routine courtesies like arranging meetings. The experts the Times talked to seemed divided about whether the behavior described in the Menendez indictment would be covered by the court's exceedingly forgiving standard or not. Again, a personal stash of gold bars seems incredibly sketchy, but Bob McDonald's wife literally asked the guy they were dealing with, point blank, to give her a copy of the Rolex that he was wearing so she could give it to the governor. And that, again, was not corruption. Next to that story, the Times looks at the struggles of swing state Republican congresspeople basing an almost certain government shutdown caused entirely by their party, a fact pattern that the Times does not even try to politely launder into any sort of bipartisan situation describing the situation of Republican New York Representative Mike Lawler. The Times writes, As right-wing lawmakers take Congress to the brink of a government closure for which their party would almost certainly bear the blame, dozens of Republicans, particularly those like Mr. Lawler, who represent districts won by President Biden, are toiling to head off the backlash from voters for the chaos sown by some of the most extreme members of the GOP. That is, in fact, the situation. Down at the bottom of the page, some theater criticism of the now long-ago second Republican presidential debate, made it into the paper. DeSantis clears debate hurdle. Will it be enough to build on? Asks the headline. No, no it won't. In other old news, Trip Gabriel's dispatch from the non-union plant where Donald Trump addressed workers, likewise made it into print. The part about how Gabriel talked to at least one person who identified as a union member remained in the story. On the facing page is a news analysis piece, In Michigan, two candidates offer a preview of the 2024 race. Most of the story digs exactly that deep and no deeper. Although very late in the piece, writer Katie Rogers applies the usual Joe Biden coverage lens to Donald Trump, noting that he is 77 years old, that he relied on a teleprompter to give his remarks on Wednesday, and that when he departed, he took his time navigating a set of stairs that led to the stage. And Britain is reeling from the news that an extremely photogenic, hundreds-of-years-old sycamore tree, which stood framed by a low point of Hadrian's wall, was chainsawed down, allegedly by a 16-year-old. Kids do mean and stupid things, but this one seems incredibly effortful. Don't spoil things for other people, and especially don't spoil things for the trees. That is the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going, and we will talk again on Monday.